My name is Scott Nye, and this is Talking Radical Radio. Hello and welcome to Talking Radical Radio, where we bring you grassroots voices from across Canada. We give participants in a wide range of social change work a chance to take a longer view as they talk about what they do, how they do it, and why they do it. On this week's show, I will be speaking with Reverend Francis Deverell. Most often, when people hear the phrase religious activist in 21st century North America, what immediately comes to mind is things like people harassing women who are exercising autonomy over their bodies at abortion clinics, or dedicated efforts to shore up the erasure and denigration of queer people in school curriculum. Yet there are also long histories spanning many faiths and many denominations of struggles for justice and liberation that are rooted in faith. The Unitarian Universalist Church began as a Christian denomination during the period of the Reformation in Europe, but in the centuries since has become a non-Christian, creedless faith with a decidedly progressive flavor. The Canadian Unitarians for Social Justice, while not officially affiliated with the denomination, is an organization of activists who root their social change activities in that faith tradition. Founded in Toronto by Unitarians appalled by the actions of the Mike Harris provincial government in the late 1990s, it now spans the country and tackles multiple issues. Reverend Deverell is the elected president of the group, and she talks with me about the organization, about some of the issues in which they're involved, and about the connections she sees between faith and social justice. I spoke with her by Skype from Ottawa. My name is Frances Deverell. Reverend Francis Deverell, I'm a retired Unitarian minister and the president of the Canadian Unitarians for Social Justice. Canadian Unitarians for Social Justice is basically an organization of about 200 activists in the Unitarian movement across Canada. We kind of have our own little community online, so to speak. We keep each other up to date on all the things that are going on in the country, and we focus on a few priority issues that we think are particularly significant and important. We just try to live our principles is really what it comes down to. Unitarianism began during the Reformation period, And we thought that while they were busy reforming the church structure and the hierarchy, that they should also consider reforming the theology. And at that time, the Unitarians were thinking that God was one and that Jesus was probably a human being, not a Christ figure, and that how we live in the world is what matters the most. And Unitarianism has changed a lot over the years. It has a great multi-faith influence now. We have Unitarian Buddhists, Unitarian Pagans, Unitarian Christians, perhaps even the odd Unitarian Muslim. But we continue with, it does not matter what you believe. We don't tell you what to believe, although we are constantly talking about what we believe because we share a common set of values and principles And among those are the inherent worth and dignity of every person, 
justice, equity, and compassion, a very strong promotion of democracy in our congregations and in society at large, the free and responsible search for truth and meaning, and a desire for world peace, and a real sense that the world is an interconnected web and we all depend on all life and on each other, and it's all one in the end. The earth is a living organism, and we're all a part of it. We're not in charge of it. We're not in control of it. We're part of it, and we need to get our egos in alignment with that. Of the Canadian Unitarians for Social Justice. It got started in Toronto, 1996, about 70 members of five Unitarian Universalist congregations in Greater Toronto area met to discuss their concern with the Mike Harris government. Because the congregations can't take action very fast, we formed Canadian Unitarians for Social Justice. It wasn't ever going to receive a tax receipt. It was going to be completely independent from that system so that people could take a stand relatively quickly and try and have a voice in the political conversation of the day. It then spread across the country, and in some places it's stronger than others. Right now, there's an active group in Vancouver really organizing around the pipeline issues and the energy issues, because we're all very concerned about climate change. And there's another group supporting the actions in Fredericton against fracking. We're a a loose coalition of activists is what we are, and we do have a democratic process. So I was elected president at an annual meeting. We have a listserv. That's what's really held us together all, all these years is the listserv. Once a year, we hold an annual meeting at wherever the Canadian Unitarian Council is holding its annual meeting, because that's really our only chance to gather in person, anybody who shows up to that meeting. We get to meet each other, and that helps a lot. Having a bit of face-to-face contact helps a lot. And we have a board of representatives from across the country who meet on a monthly teleconference. And we discuss the issues of the day and whether or not CUSJ wants to either organize anything or at least join a coalition or take a stand or write a letter. We're often a letter-writing organization, and sometimes we organize letter-writing campaigns and we get our members to go into the congregations and get the congregations to write letters. And sometimes on some issues, we can get quite a few letters written on a subject if, if we think it might help. Let's see, my path to get there. Well, you know, I think from my childhood, my father very strongly emphasized values of justice and fairness and democracy and the kind of country Canada was in the world, our role in the world. All these things were subjects at our dinner table. So I've always cared about justice issues. And for me, I started out in the United Church And then eventually our family became unchurched until I was about 30. When I had my daughter, we decided we needed community in Regina at the time, and we explored the Unitarian Fellowship there. That was the beginning for me. I learned that in Unitarian circles, 
it's not so important that you buy into the dogma of a particular church, but it does matter how you live. And that message just resonated for me, that you should live your values. So I became a Unitarian. I eventually went to leadership school, eventually trained for the ministry. And for 10 years, I was a parish minister in a congregation's and of course, congregations all talk about social issues and they often organize around social issues, but usually it's more social service. They're usually working on raising money for the food bank or they're working on housing issues for the unhoused in their neighborhood. In Nanaimo, for example, they actually have a shelter in their church during the winter. But we also think about the systemic issues. So the radical activists in our movement, they care about the things in the system that are creating this poverty in the first place. If we could get at that, then maybe we'd have uh, more justice and less great disparity between the rich and the poor in the world. So tell me a bit more about some of the key issues that the organization has dealt with. The cuts in the Mike Harris government, the attack on the poor and the attack on health care and education, these were all big issues of concern at the beginning. For the past few years, we've had a growing awareness that we really need to be looking at almost every issue we care about through a First Nations lens. We realize that we haven't been in right relationship with our First Nations people. There is a lack of respect and a lack of consultation and a disregard for treaties in Canada that most of our First Nations reserves are very poor and inadequately housed and the mining and development activities on their lands are attacking their water. And the criminal justice system has a disproportionate number of First Nations people in it. And uh, the government is moving away from the kinds of restorative justice approaches that would be in alignment with their culture. So we're very conscious that a lot of our issues, we're going to be working with First Nations people on them. Our highest priority other than that lens is environment and particularly climate change. We're also worried about things like GMO, but we're very concerned about the attack on the land and water of development work. And we're very concerned that we're doing nothing about greenhouse gases in Canada. We're not reducing our greenhouse gases. We're not going to meet our 2020 targets and our 2020 targets are too low. We need to be having an aggressive transition towards renewable energy as soon as we can arrange it. And so that's really occupied my mind. So I joined Climate Fast as the president of Canadian Unitarians for Social Justice and many Unitarians across Canada participated in Climate Fast this last year. As one example, we were fasting on the hill, a group of about 10 of us, and we were trying to promote people across Canada writing letters to their MPs, their MPPs, MLAs, and to their cities 
about doing everything we can to rejig our economy towards a renewable energy economy and away from subsidizing oil companies and to put a, a price on carbon so that it will serve as a disincentive for using greenhouse gas fuels. Democracy is a big issue for us and we're concerned about it on many different levels. We're concerned about the secrecy in government, the shutting down of scientists and knowledge and information that is the basis of making good democratic decisions. We're concerned that our voting system isn't fair. And we're really concerned about a number of human rights issues related to refugees, the criminal justice system, the mandatory minimums. We, we fought quite hard against those. We failed, but we fought quite hard against them. And we have been personally supporting the men on security certificates. And we also, this last year, have joined a housing coalition 400 organizations working to try and get something done about the homelessness in Canada. So it's like that. Lots to do. There's never a shortage of issues. Tell me a bit about the process that the group has gone through to implement this increased attention to First Nations issues, to seeing issues through the lens of First Nations solidarity. From my own experience, that is something that takes a lot of self and mutual education and a lot of work to make it happen. So tell me about how that's worked for your group. Unitarians are committed to lifelong learning. That free and responsible search for truth and meaning never stops. And so as individuals uh, in different congregations, there would be individuals who would be walking that path. And so, for example, we have in my first Unitarian congregation of Ottawa, of which I'm only a member, we have people who are connected to the First Nations people in our community. And we bring in speakers and hold services and things like that. And we're not alone. You know, when we do our little report at the board level, every month we do a check around the country to see what's going on. And two or three people will tell us that they held some kind of an event where they invited speakers from Idle No More or some such thing, or that they held a service and invited a First Nations elder to come and speak at their service or some such thing. So I see it as something that happens in our movement organically. And what I do at the president of CUSJ level is I watch what the issues are that are of concern to people. And if I see that there's a gathering of energy around an issue, I say, well, should CUSJ be supporting that or becoming a voice for that in some kind of a way? So I don't see any one leader being the instigator my next question actually is to want to get into some of the more concrete actions. So why don't you start with the issue of climate change and talking about climate fast in particular? We had already come to the conclusion by studying the Darlington issue, the question of whether or not Darlington would build new nuclear power plants in Ontario. Together with Margaret Rao and Walt Robbins, we wrote a brief to the Darlington Commission, and we made a presentation on that. And we came to the conclusion, obviously, we were choosing against nuclear power. And at the time, we said, but we know coal is worse, 
and we know oil is bad. So then we came to the realization that we really had to bank on renewables. And then when Climate Fast was in the same place, we thought, well, this is a good fit. They have the same vision that we do. And they have a technique to try and raise awareness. So I joined that. Several other Unitarians fasted this year across Canada, and many held services. So they picked up on the energy, and then we put a service on the website, and we put sample letters that they could write, and we wrote letters. So I wrote a letter to the Ontario government on their energy policy. They're thinking about that right now, and that becomes a sample letter that others can bounce off of. So we generate interest and action, and people held services and held discussions. People held movie nights. So we're trying to be positive. You can go out on the line, and we many Unitarians take a Unitarian banner to a, a rally somewhere on a provincial government site or a federal government site. In Ottawa here, I could be out there three times a day, seven days a week. There's so many issues to take a stand for. But we try also to be for some things because we have to get the vision of where we're going. and We have to try and support that energy. If we just are against, that's very depressing. And that's an issue we constantly deal with as activists. And that it seems like the issues are so big and so overwhelming that you can get discouraged. And we need people to have hope, not to be discouraged. We need people to be moving forward. So we've been promoting the Transition Town movement, for example, and the co-op movement. Things that can be solutions for developing the local economy, the local food movement. We've been promoting all those things. And tell me about some of the other concrete actions you've taken with reference to some of the specific issues you were mentioning before, like democracy and the justice system and housing and so on. Right. So housing, we joined the group of 400 to try and get our MPs to vote for Bill C-400, which was an NDP private member's bill to have the federal government create and fund a national housing policy. And we participated in a massive letter writing campaign for that. And also many of us made an effort to specifically go and visit our MP on that issue. You know, that's about what we can do. We're small, 200 activists across Canada. We can't really organize the big rallies of a thousand people. We're just not there. So we have to be as effective as we can with who we are. Tell me more about your emphasis on coalition work. Uh, you mentioned common causes, so tell me a bit about that. But talk about other coalition work that you're involved in as well. Climate Fast is trying to build a coalition, and of course we're working with groups that are building coalitions. So we were working with Citizens for Public Justice and Climate Action Network, Ecology Ottawa, and Bill McGibbon, 350.org. So we were trying to build our network of connections with that. So, yeah, that's the type of thing. Common Causes is an alliance of the Council of Canadians, the labor movement, the environmental movement, and the indigenous sector. There's a lot of issues we all have in common. If we're all concerned about climate change, 
And we know that the resource policy of this government is a concern. And we've decided that the purpose of pipelines is to be able to expand the production in the tar sands by three or four times. And we don't think that should happen. Then fighting pipelines becomes the strategy and we all need to do it together. And we need that First Nations leadership. So I had the opportunity to learn for another project a bit about the long history of social justice related work within the United Church and its predecessors. And one of the things that became very clear in that is that sometimes there's a great deal of synergy between those folks focused on social justice and the broader denomination. And sometimes it's a bit more of a conflictual relationship. And you can see the same thing if you look at Catholicism as well. Tell me a bit about the relationship between CUSJ and the trends in the broader denomination that you're connected to. So we say that we speak for activists and we have that voice so that activists can speak even when the rest of the denomination is not there. And that was important at the beginning when CUSJ was formed, particularly important, because there were many social justice groups in their congregations that felt that as long as they worked on the food bank or something like that, everybody was happy. But as soon as they started taking political stands, they ran into some resistance in their congregations and they didn't want to be the source of conflict. And actually in the 60s, we had activist congregations and some of the members were unhappy with it. And so in the 70s, we had conflicts over that. And that has affected the way we think about these things. So we decided that we would have the Canadian Unitarians for Social Justice so that there could be an activist voice I am noticing, however, right now that the mainstream denomination is more in alignment with the activists than I have ever seen it. They're right on board with the climate change issues. They're right on board with the criminal justice issues. What's happening is we're taking the resolutions right to the Canadian Unitarian Council and getting them passed at the big meeting. There seems to be more of a willingness to be out there right now. There seems to be a sense that the direction we're going as a country is not right and we're not comfortable with it and we need to speak. What's your take on the role that religion in general and organized religion in particular can play in struggles for social justice? I think this is a really important question, and it comes up for me in relation to the Quebec Charter of Values debate that's going on right now. First of all, we have a commitment to a separation of church and state, and I don't think people really know what that means. What that means to me is that there will not be a state church that everybody has to belong to, which was the system in Europe. The ruler, the king, would decide what the official religion was, and that's what everybody was. And when they came over here, we established separation of church and state so that people could have whatever religion they chose and still be an effective citizen. But there's no question in my mind that religions are a center for ethics and values, And they may not be the same from one religion to another, but a person develops their idea of what is right and wrong and what is justice from their faith community, from the orientation of what they learn 
And you can't separate yourself from that. The other piece in that discussion is if you are a politician, you will bring your ethics and your values to your work for sure. But can you impose your values on everybody else? And the answer to that is no. So you can speak from your value base, but you can't impose it. And so it's extremely important that faith communities take stands and enter the public dialogue. And we can't leave it up to the fundamentalists to be the only ones doing that. They are certainly doing it. And I guess that leads into one of the bases of skepticism that some progressive folks might have to there being that public role for religion is that in the last few decades in North America, at least, public visibility for faith communities taking public stands has been taking positions very different from the sorts of ones that CUSJ would take. How do you respond to that skepticism? I totally understand. I, I totally understand the progressive people in the environmental movement who resist organized religion because they see it as a negative. But to me, it's a failure of liberal religion to take its place in the public square. And that's really maybe why I have such a passion for this work. Because we, for example, attended a committee I guess it's probably 10 or 15 years ago now, on Parliament Hill, and we told that committee that every Unitarian minister in Canada was perfectly prepared to conduct a same-sex marriage, and that it was our religious position that every person has inherent worth and dignity, and people can form the kinds of families they want, and the state should not be legislating on that subject. And we believe that we made the difference for gay marriage, because we were there on that stand. Right now, we're very much out on the right to choose your time of death if you know you're dying and to get assistance. The Catholics are out against that. That's fine. That's the public debate. But we have to be there too, and people have to know that people have other opinions and that they can be religious opinions. So for me, it's a failure of the liberals to properly take their place in the public square. CUSJ is an act of hope. Belonging to CUSJ is an act of believing that if we work together, we can make a difference. And we're always in search for exactly how that will happen. It is possible that we will find ourselves sometime in the future on the line doing political resistance, nonviolent civil disobedience. I can see that in our future. It has been in our past. You know, Unitarians were involved with Martin Luther King and in the social change movements in the States. And we have been involved in Canada as well in social change movements for a long time. CUSJ is just a current manifestation of that. But it is an act of hope. You have been listening to my interview with Reverend Francis Deverell, the president of the Canadian Unitarians for Social Justice. To learn more about their work, check out their website at cusj.org. That's cusj.org. To find out more about Talking Radical Radio, the guests, the theme music, and the ways that you can listen, 
or to make suggestions about topics for future shows, go to TalkingRadical.ca and click on the link marked Radio. That's TalkingRadical.ca. I'm your host, Scott Nye, a writer and media producer based in Sudbury, Ontario, and the author of two books of Canadian history told through the stories of activists, Gender and Sexuality, and Resisting the State, both from Fernwood Publishing. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you tune in again next week. Thank you.